The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Miracles of Technology. Today, my intriguing guest is connected to us all the way from Israel. Jacob Lapide. Good morning, Jacob. Good morning, uh, Francie. Good morning to all your listeners. Thank you. And please, because I am concerned about pronouncing it correctly, would you pronounce the name of the city you're in? It's Ra'anana. Ra'anana. Ra'anana is north of Tel Aviv. Okay. And you were saying, telling me that this was in a high-tech area close to uh, Microsoft and Texas Instruments. and Yes, and many others. Okay, great. Well, I let me tell you about Jacob Lapide. Uh, he has experiences spanning over 30 years, and he's a private investigator, and he specializes in complex, cross-jurisdictional, and dangerous investigative assignments worldwide. He's the owner of Lapidum Projects. He conducts investigations all over the world. He has representatives in 40 countries, some of which um, he has an office actually in Atlanta, Georgia, um, the United Kingdom, Eastern Europe, Russia, Africa, Central Asia, Middle Eastern countries. And so you can see that he can conduct investigations just about anywhere. He has a team of 20 people, all have military and secret service intelligence training and very highly specialized skills. Jacob has a degree or degrees in architecture, economics, administration leadership. He's a member of the World Association of Detectives, Intelnet, Council of International Investigators, American Society of Industrial Security, Society of Competitive Intelligence Professionals, and the Israeli Institute for Management. And by the way, he's also an accomplished artist in his paintings described battles from his experience and are exhibited uh, in a famous museum, which we'll be talking about that and his experience in the military and the Israeli army, the Israel Defense Force, uh, later in the show. And, but we're going to find out how he became an internationally known private investigator. Uh, Jacob, first of all, tell us what are the requirements to become a private investigator in Israel? Well, the... Uh... To be an Israeli uh, private investigator, you have to be uh, licensed by uh, the Israeli Justice Ministry, and there are several le- uh, levels of being uh, a private, licensed private investigator in Israel. There is a trainee, which is the beginning of the uh, of the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And later on, if you uh, fulfill all the requirements of a, uh, of being a trainee, and you pass the examinations by the justice ministry, you can uh, gain a, um, the first level of private investigator's license. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's a level that you uh, you have to be for you have to stay for five years. Okay. And the, uh, at the end of those uh, five years, uh, which you can work for other agencies, other firms, but actually you can't get work directly from a client. Only then, after uh, these five years, you can uh, ask a, uh, for a license to uh, have your own firm or uh, accept uh, assignments from clients. So it's quite a long process. I see. And so when you're a trainee, are you, do you get a trainee's license? No. You work, uh, you work under a firm or a, uh, a uh, investigator who is the, uh, licensed by the, uh, by the Justice Ministry to train uh, beginners. I see. And, and is that the what's called the investigator's management license? What is that? Yes, yes, the uh, investigator's management the, uh, license. It's the, it's the uh, highest level. I see. And with that license, you can build your own clientele and contact clients. Yes, but not until true. that point. Not not until that point. I see. Okay. And so that total process would take a minimum of five years. Yes, it's a long process because Israel is kind of a a, a producer, a big factory for a, for investigators having all those the uh, military, um, secret services, police, lot of uh, agencies, and so on that produce many many investigators in Israel. And are you given? any kind of credit for being a military investigator prior to going in? I mean, do you have to have the same requirements if you've been a military investigator or some kind of a law enforcement investigator as if you didn't have that experience? That's a very good question because uh, you can ask for, you know, some credit for uh, past work for a government, and sometimes they consider this. Uh Uh-huh. I see, and it probably would depend on what level of training or what kind of a position the person yes, was yes, serving under. Exactly. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, so tell me what a, an international investigation is. What's the difference between an international investigation and one you would do locally in Israel? Uh, maybe, maybe an example would be a, uh, a better explanation. And I could think of some examples of uh, my experience. Um, let's say a, uh, an American mother who uh, her own two uh, young children were uh, kidnapped or taken by their father. Mm-hmm. And, and this happened not too long ago. And he took them to a Muslim country where the legislation is different. And the uh, and 
of course, they don't uh, accept the uh, judgments or orders from uh, an American court. And mm-hmm. the, um, she was about to lose her, her children. So who exactly she's going to, uh, to ask for help? Uh, it's not a matter of, uh, of police. It's not, a, uh, it's not exactly criminal in, in a Muslim country. Sure. Even though it could be criminal in the United States in this case, yes, yes. it wouldn't be a criminal action in a foreign country from the United States. Absolutely. I could think about the uh, another example, which I can maybe tell more about later, if you like, um, an American corporation who uh, a, um, who lost a, a big contract after, after working uh, years in, in a country like Nigeria, mm-hmm. and they um, and they uh, and they decide to uh, put charges and to sue to see, uh, the uh, Nigerian uh, government in the International Court in London. So they need investigative help. Again, who exactly they are going to, uh, um, to seek this help? An international investigator that understands the uh, situation in several countries mm-hmm. and they would be able to present uh, uh, his findings in uh, an international court. Sure. And so you would have to have a, a good understanding of each culture in order to do any kind of investigation in that in that country. Yes, this is true. We, we worked in, I could say, almost every country uh, on the globe so uh, in some times, of course, we have to learn, we have to study, we have to prepare ourselves carefully, but it needs a lot of, the, uh, of understanding of different cultures, mm-hmm. different uh, law systems. And do you have to have specific, because you mentioned the international court, um, do you have to have, well, first of all, I guess I should ask you, where would an international court be? A, um, this, there is an institute in London where uh, governments and the corporations take their uh, problems to. And the, uh, it's, a, it's a matter of understanding and the uh, kind of uh, arbitration. And do you have to have specific qualifications to be able to testify for, before that international court? Uh, well, uh, I wouldn't say that you need the specific uh, uh, a specific license for this, but uh, you have to know what you what you do and uh, best judges in the in the world um, participate in this. Uh, so. You have to be very, very careful about what you do. Sure. Now, you were, um, interestingly enough, I think our listeners will find this interesting, you were involved in doing some investigation on the now internationally known Enron fraud case. Oh, yes. (laughs) Could you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. (laughs) Yes, that was um, a unique, interesting case. And actually, I was involved in the... uh, 
let's say European part of the uh, of the Enron case, and the uh, my clients were uh, European banks mm-hmm. were a uh, were part of a consortium of a, uh, other banks from uh, other countries, uh, the U.S., uh, Canada, uh, U.K., and some other countries. The, um, and their their share was more than 500 millions. Um, and when Enron collapsed, they uh, they were asked, you know, bringing your share, which was not uh, not very little. And uh, and uh, then they um, they came to me and they say, if you will um, if you prove that we were brought in, let's say in a fraudulent way. Sure. In, uh, so we'll be able, you know, to reduce our part, our... Um, so this was before uh, it was known that uh, what happened in Enron, it, the, the, uh, the stage was the, uh, just, you know, a financial crisis, mm-hmm. and the, uh, nobody knew that the, uh, what, the, um, what the source of this crisis was. So... Um, we uh, uh, we started investigating, and the uh, reaching uh, we reached the uh, three British bankers who worked for the consortium, mm-hmm. and the uh, we managed to get closer to them and the uh, build up confidence, and they get a lot of information about the, what was going on. And they mm-hmm. even provided us with some details about the, uh, the uh, bank accounts. So then we developed information from those bank accounts in the Caymans and found that they were getting, um, a, let's say, commission from a, uh, from Enron. And that was enough for our client to save our client. So... So let me understand. They were getting commission to help the people who were in, involved in the fraud to move money to the Cavens fraudulently. Is that is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm understanding? No, not exactly. What they did is a, uh, they were a, um, they were recruiting banks into the consortium. I see. Bringing, Jacob, you know. Could you hold on just a second so we can take a quick break? Yes. You're listening to Private Investigator Jacob Lapide. We will be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. I'm speaking with Jacob Lapid, who's coming to us from Israel. Jacob, you were talking about the Enron case and your involvement in that. Could you tell us uh, where we were going with that before the break? Oh, yes. The, um, the, you asked me what were those uh, three bankers the, um, up to. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. so uh, they were presenting to other banks, uh, you know, how good they Enron is what the future and Enron, and the uh, they got you know the uh, banks into uh, simply uh, giving money to to Enron, part of the uh, as part of the uh, big consortium of banks. I see, and they got commission uh, according to uh, the money that they uh, that they gathered 
and this was of course uh, not part of their uh, banking uh, uh, and, and as an end result of the case were you able to um figure out that the bank that you was you were working for as assets were protected finally oh yes absolutely by the way those uh, three bankers were uh, uh, extradited to the uh, to the US and they um and they were and they had to serve uh, some time there. Okay. All right. Good. Well, that's great. Good work. And you had another case um, re- involving a London bank that involved 90 million pounds of loss. Could you tell us about that? Oh yes. The, uh, uh, this was the uh, this was the London bank, a, um, a big bank that the. Um, uh, they suffered a loss of 90 million pounds, and the uh, the uh, management of the bank, the board of the uh, directors of the bank, they believed that this was because of poor management, mm-hmm. and the uh, that the um, so. But anyway, they uh, decided to uh, investigate this, and they uh, I started investigating. It was. A very long uh, investigation, almost a year, um, and from the start we had some information of a, uh, of let's say let's call them secret sources mm-hmm. that that something is wrong. Um, so I can tell you what we did. We, okay. Uh, yeah, we reconstructed. The local management of the uh, of that branch, a big branch in London, we reconstructed their movements by checking the receipts, the, the uh, you know expenses receipts of travel, a, uh, dinners, hotels, telephones, many, 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 um, a, many expenses, mm-hmm. and what we did is creating a picture of a, uh, of their activities who they met where when and so on and then i started um following all the steps reaching the uh, swiss bank and the um, i found that they had the uh, bank accounts were they got commissions against from uh, clients that were not enti- entitled to get loans. I see. Uh, and this was the reason the uh, bank suffered those the, uh, uh, this loss. I'd say that he, uh, the bank was not very happy with what I uh, what I found the. Uh, they thought maybe it's not good for their a uh, reputation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was the um, kind of unpleasant situation. But at the end, they had to uh, uh, they had to uh, ask insurance to cover the embezzlement. Mm-hmm. And the uh, again, the uh, two of those bankers the, uh, were uh, were served time. In the UK, and is this so, and is this the case, Jacob? That 
uh, you found that the money was going to banks in Switzerland? Yes, yes. And then these people that were in the bank that were uh, making these fraudulent loans were um, getting some kind of commissions? Is that correct? Yes, they got some kind of commissions yeah, from yeah, from clients. The bankers got commissions from clients. Let's say you, I'm the banker, and they, uh, you come to me, you say, I want million-dollar loan. I say, mm-hmm. well, if you pay me 5%, I'll give you a loan. I see. This is what they did. It's a good plan if you can do it. <laughs> yeah, this is what they did. And so did they actually... Um stand trial in London? Yes, they did. They stood trial and, and they got a sentence and went to prison? Yes. All right. Well, good work. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the bank wasn't really happy with what you found out, but they were probably glad when it was all over. Well, they got the money from the insurance, so it wasn't that bad, and they, at the end, the, uh, they didn't lose that, the, uh, this big number. All right. Well, you have um you were telling me about a really uh interesting surveillance case uh when we were on the break. Could you talk about that a little bit oh uh, okay, so uh, maybe I'll start with I have a wonderful surveillance team okay. and the uh, we do work we do surveillance work all over the world and the uh, sometimes it's amazing what they can do in in a village in in india in siberia in 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 london central london which is very hard to 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 conduct the surveillance in very very difficult conditions so yeah. i can tell about the um one yeah, one story um this was the uh, a Canadian uh, citizen who uh, uh, claimed that he uh, was 100% disabled. And uh, we learned that uh, he uh, went to visit his uh, his mother in Tehran, Iran. Okay. So think of this. He, uh, running an investigation in Tehran, Iran, and surveillance sounds crazy. It does. But it absolutely <laughs> sounds crazy. Yeah, but um, we do this. We do uh, such surveillance. So um, uh, we started following him uh, from Tehran, and we didn't know where he's going. Uh, He took a bus. Uh, He took a bus, and the bus uh, went... uh, through the mountains, some of the highest mountains in the uh, in the world, the uh, 5,000 meters altitude, mm-hmm. uh, going west, crossing all Turkey. And this guy is on the bus, and our team is behind the bus all this way, three days uh, um, travel. And they reached Istanbul, which is a beautiful city, and they check in to an hotel, and guess what? In the evening, uh, our target, our the, the guy that we were following, 
with his friends. They leave the hotel and this they, uh, and they go to a party on a yacht in the um, in the harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, this looked the uh, this looked strange and the uh, but our team was able to go into the um, into this party and join the party and the um, after a while this uh, this hundred percent disabled guy got a bit drunk and he started dancing on a table with a belly dancer <laughs> and, and you have all this and you have photographs of that i suspect of course videos <laughs> and photographs and they, they were shocked the team was shocked <laughs> and how did your team get into this party uh which i guess of are people mostly of Turkish descent, correct? A, um, Turkish and a, uh, Iranians. Okay. So how did your team infiltrate that? Were they also Iranian? No. No. No, they were Israelis. Okay. And uh, and they uh, they found a way. They, uh, they found a way even in way. some tougher conditions in a, uh, in a village in India. And so, uh, I want to hear more about this, Jacob. We need to take a break, too. <laughs> Are you interested in the intrigue of international investigations? Jacob Lapide is talking about that very subject today, right back after commercial break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength in numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call 1-800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. 
Step Out of Fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Today's guest, Jacob Lapide, conducts investigations all over the world. We were just talking about a surveillance that his team conducted on a Canadian citizen from Tehran to uh, Iran to Istanbul. Um, and Jacob, you were just saying that this was a man who was uh, 100% disabled, paralyzed, and in a wheelchair. Yes. Yes. And you were hired by who? The the insurance company, a Canadian insurance company. I see. And so so this insurance company suspected everything was not on the up and up. Yes, this is what they suspected, but they uh, were not able to reach this guy in the uh, Tehran in uh, sorry in Toronto because he wouldn't let anybody visit him and he stayed at home and but they still suspected that something is wrong mhm do you know what the trigger was for them why they why they suspected he wasn't as injured as badly as he was representing well i think that the uh, the uh, what was most important was his, you know, refusing to meet anybody, uh-huh. to, being, to be checked, to see uh, another doctor, sure. um, avoiding any examination. And um, and they found out some way that he was going to be going to to this wedding or whatever it is. Yes, visiting his the, uh, his mother in Tehran. Okay, all right. Well, that must have been just an amazing uh, surprise to your agents when they saw him actually get up out of the wheelchair. Now, I, I have heard that uh, mineral spirits sometimes have great healing qualities, <laughs> but maybe, maybe not the, so much, huh? Maybe the belly dancer had the uh, oh, maybe maybe the influence. belly dancer did it. So your client must have been extremely happy. Oh, yes. That would have saved them probably thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yes, a lot of money. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit, um, Jacob, about your military experience. And I, I know from what you've told me that you, um, you went in the what, – what age did you actually go into the military? You were, Really young, weren't you? Uh, yeah. 
Well, yeah, I started, of course, military service in Israel is, um, is for everyone. Right, it's mandatory, isn't it? Yeah, yes, and the, um, everyone goes to, into the service the, uh, at the age of 18. Uh-huh. Um, boys and girls. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the, I also graduated the uh, military academy, uh, um, so kind of special procedure or a, uh, they, uh, they plan from the start that you'll be an officer and you will, you will serve in, the, in some combat the, uh, positions. Uh-huh. So, uh, well, I started my service. The, uh, I was uh, thinking of being a uh, combat pilot. Really? Yeah, and this was the yeah this was the start. But the um, after a year or so, I I had to I had to stop this for uh, some uh, medical conditions. Uh huh. And, and then so you I, became a tank gunner. Yeah. Yes. Okay, and I understand that you were decorated for your um, news reports. Say you were decorated for your heroic activities. During oh, the Yom Kippur War, you found about this. <laughs> you what? I, I said you found about this. I found that out. Yes, I did. Um, and so you um, served in the Yom Kippur War, and that was a uh, a very heavy battle where you were attacked. Tell us about a little bit about that. Uh, yes, this is in. 73, Yom Kippur is the holiest day of, for, for the Jews, and the, including uh, the IDF, the army. Um, nobody works. Uh, all is silent. Yeah, Jews are in synagogues, praying in synagogues. Mm-hmm. And the um, Egyptians and Syrians, they chose this day to attack uh, Israel, which was... Uh, a big surprise, and the um, we were only few. I at that time I uh, was a young uh, gunner in a tank, and we were uh, quite few at the um, Suez Canal, at the border with Egypt, and uh, um, we fought the, uh, very badly. When they uh, I lost many many. Uh, of my friends uh, at that time, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I had the opportunity and the uh, the honor to uh, take part in some some of the uh, bitter battles uh, in Sinai and the uh, in one famous battle called the Chinese Farm. The Chinese uh, Farm. Yes. You have a painting called the Chinese Farm. Mm-hmm. And this uh, and this painting describes the um, some of the events of of that battle. Well, I uh, read an article, Jacob, in the Canadian Jewish News, dated July seventeenth, two thousand three, where you're talking about your uh, experiences 
at the Suez Canal. And after the period of time you're talking about right now, where you lost many men, or many, many men and women, I suspect, um, that you came over the ridge and were faced with a whole other army. Is that correct? Am yes. I reading this correctly? Yes. So you are uh, very fortunate to be here, aren't you? Um, yes, this is true, and the um, and what I'm trying to uh, to do with my paintings is to pay a contribute to those friends that they uh, are not with me anymore. Sure, in memory of them. Yes. Now, you're. Um, I've seen some of your paintings, not in real life, but of pictures of them, and they really are amazing. And for our listeners who are interested, there are four of them posted on the uh, PIs Declassified website, PISDeclassified.com, if you'd like to look at them. And I believe, um, from what I understand, Jacob, that there, your military paintings um, chronicling all of these experiences you have are on display in a museum in Israel, a military museum. What's the name of that museum? This is the, uh, it's the military museum. It's in a place called the Latron, the, uh, on the highway from Tel Aviv to uh, Jerusalem. It's a famous uh, museum. It's, it has the biggest collection of uh, weapons, especially tanks uh, in the world. A mm. very big museum. And the, um, it's also a memorial site for the, uh, for soldiers who, uh, who fought and they died within the Israeli wars. So it's a, uh, it's quite a, uh, a unique, special place. I can imagine it is. Well, you were ultimately promoted to colonel, and then you became, um, am I correct, the tank brigade commander? Yes, yes. While you were still with the Army. And yes. then um, ultimately... I believe, weren't you assigned to the Israeli intelligence unit? Mm-hmm. And now, I know you can't talk about those experiences, but uh, is there any interesting thing that you can tell us about being with uh, the intelligence unit, or is that something that's completely off-limits? I think uh, this is not that important right now. Okay, then no problem. So um, you have... Um, I, I read that when you when you paint something, that you think it's very similar to doing investigations. Can you talk about that? Oh, sometimes people say, "Hey, this doesn't work to be uh, a tough private investigator. Uh, you have to confront the uh, criminals. You have to uh, to deal with the difficult situation." Um, it doesn't work being an artist. The image of an artist is, you know, something else. Yes. <laughs> but the um, maybe I am. I'm not sure, but I think, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a matter of being sensitive. It's a matter of the um, of you know what I think that painting 
and investigating is the same process. You take uh, parts, you gather parts of, of a picture, and you put them together in, in a picture that uh, people can understand. Mm-hmm. So you put the pieces together. Yes. Just like taking pieces of a puzzle that you're doing on investigation and putting those pieces together and coming up with a conclusion. You are were very well experienced the investigator yourself, so so you probably know this better than me. I don't think that's true. I think you're way <laughs> far ahead of me, Jacob. Um, but no, I but no. I like that concept because uh, it is uh, it does give you a graphic example of how an investigation works, where you put it together piece by piece, just like you do a painting. Yes. And are your paintings exhibited elsewhere besides uh, in the military museum? Well, I have, of course, other paintings. It's not only military uh, paintings. Yes. By the way, the uh, military paintings are, are a story by itself a, uh, that I think it would be uh, it's interesting because all those paintings that I, uh, I made recent years about the uh, war experiences are based on uh, little drawings that uh, I made uh, as a soldier, as a gunner, at the, um, at the Yom Kippur War. Uh-huh. So uh, many years after uh, making those drawings, I decided to uh, turn them into big uh, oil paintings. Very big. Some of them are very big. Yeah. Very, very big in size. So you were actually sketching them as you were experiencing parts of the war? Yes. Interesting. I, how do you find time to paint? Um, well, it's not, an, it's not so easy. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> uh-huh. But the, um, what the, uh, I have... The, uh, Apart from the uh, studio, I have also an easel at my uh, at my office. So we uh, some canvases right in my office here, and the uh, and I do some paintings from time to time. I take a break. It sounds great. Well, don't go away. More stories from internationally acclaimed investigator Jacob Lapide in just a couple of minutes. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. 
for a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll free right now at 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Jacob Lapid, an investigator who owns Lapidum Projects in Israel, has been talking about painting, about his art talent and how he has an easel in his office and one in his home. And I guess, Jacob, you um, periodically just take a little time for yourself and work at your easel. Oh, yes. And um, so... I'm wondering, um, and thank you so much for sharing that with, with us. We were just talking on break about uh, um, how in the investigations business, the profession of investigations, how you really need to be both um, aggressive and forceful and uh, intelligent, and uh, but also sensitive because you have to be able to listen to others and sometimes pick up the subtle clues that people are uh, telegraphing to you so that you can communicate with them. So um, I think that Jacob's example of putting the pieces together in a painting 
being like putting the pieces together in investigation is just completely apt, and it describes it exactly. I'm wondering if you have one more story for us, and I know that you told me that um, this one story is a little long, and, and we only have a few minutes left in this segment and the end of our show, but I'm wondering if you could tell it briefly about the boiler room in Toronto. Okay, so we're, this story starts in the Netherlands in the uh, in the big corporation where the um, financial manager uh, um, admitted uh, stealing uh, about uh, thirty million dollars out of the uh, of the common uh, company, mm-hmm. and and when. Um, when this was found, he said, okay, I'm going to return the money. Uh, what I did is investing the, the money with the uh, famous, respectful um, uh, brokerage houses uh, all over the world, and I'm going to uh, uh, bring the money back. All I had in mind is to make some profits and to uh, return the money to the, um, a, uh, to the company. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, when they uh, went to those uh, places in Hong Kong and the, in New York, in London, uh, Spain, and other places, uh, there was nothing at all behind the uh, the address. And those people claiming that they were uh, brokers and so on didn't exist at all. Were so, they mailbox drops or something like that? And even telephone numbers and uh, fax numbers and the uh, and they seem to be very real people. Mm-hmm. Documents and so on all looks very looked very very serious, but all was fake. I so uh, um, uh, when they, we were hired, uh, the first uh, thing that we we did is uh, to try to. Uh, to look for some clues, and the only thing that we uh, we found was a couple of recordings of those brokers uh, calling the, this guy, and they they, uh, they uh, asked to talk to him. That's all, uh, giving you know fake fake name. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a very hard, difficult uh, starting point. Um, we started the, uh, of course, working. Uh, we went to all these places, nothing at all. We couldn't uh, find anybody uh, connected to this, uh, uh, to those brokers. And but, this was in um, ten to fifteen different countries, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the investigation was actually at the same time simultaneously uh, in in many. Many countries at the same time. Uh, by the end, we were able to establish that there is a route of money because one transaction was uh, made in cash. So um, we were able to uh, um, to find out that the uh, the route of money uh, reached Toronto, Canada, mm-hmm. and the, uh, we started investigating them. There and the uh, with a very nice support of the um, Canadian police, 
and the um, uh, we reached a, a group of uh, criminals who were were running uh, boiler rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, a boiler room is a group of of people. Uh, each one of them plays the another part, one is the accountant, one is the CEO, one is the um, analyst, and and so on. And they sit around, literally around the same table, and they they convince the, uh, you know, innocent people uh, with money to go into investment. And that's what they did with this financial manager of of my client. Yeah, and, um, and Jacob, we're fortunately we're out of time. But the end result was they defrauded a European corporation out of thirty million. Correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, great job. I, and I'm sorry this has to end so soon. I would love to talk to you for hours. And thank you so much for joining me today, Jacob. If you, so if you're interested thank in you. contacting Jacob Lapid or any of his international offices, his contact information can be found on this show topic. Um, Classified.com. You'll also find four of his amazing paintings posted there. My featured sponsor today is Merlin Information Service, founded by private investigator Michael Dorries. They provide access to public record and other databases to investigative professionals. Uh, next week, um, our, my show will be with Sheila Ponasami with the female perspective and a woman experience in conducting investigations in Asia. Asia. She'll be coming to us from Perth, Australia. Don't miss it. Tune in as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. Every Thursday morning, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, it's PIC Classified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to PIC Classified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.